Good morning, everyone. I hope you're doing well today. Today is Tuesday, January 19th in the year 2021. And uh, we are taking a look at a Bible study today that actually that we did about a year ago. And I just think it was a, it's an important Bible study and one that we should relook at. It is uh, Mr. Rogers Theology looking at what Mr. Rogers thinks about being a neighbor. Mr. Rogers, won't you be my neighbor? What does Mr. Rogers mean when he says, won't you be my neighbor? And how can we be better neighbors? So that's what we're going to take a look at today. Uh, the the uh, inauguration is tomorrow, and we as a country are in upheaval, whatever you want to say. And I think it's a, an important reminder that we are called to be neighbors to one another, and there are important ways and uh, powerful ways in which we can be good neighbors. And Mr. Rogers is going to teach us a little bit about that today. And we'll look at scripture as well. So, so glad uh, that you are making this part of your day and grateful that we get to spend the next few minutes together. Okay, so if you're familiar with Mr. Rogers at all, if you watch Mr. Rogers at all, you know that uh, Mr. Rogers did not call his viewers acquaintances or friends or viewers didn't call them boys and girls. He didn't call them ladies and gentlemen. He called them neighbors, right? Hey, neighbor, thanks for thanks for joining us in the neighborhood today, right? Uh, and so what what is the difference between a friend and a neighbor? What is the difference between a friend and a neighbor? Okay, so neighbor is actually biblical language, which Mr. Rogers knew well. Mr. Rogers was an ordained Presbyterian minister. And the Old Testament tells us that we are to love our neighbor as yourself. Leviticus 19.18 says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And in the New Testament, Jesus discusses this commandment with a legal expert who's trying to lay a conversation to trap for him. Jesus says, it says, uh, Luke 10, verses 25 through 37, Jesus tells uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan. So a lawyer stood up to test Jesus, verse 25, Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road and saw, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, the Levite who, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and managed his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. And he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. So, who was the neighbor? Well, it wasn't the priest. It wasn't the Levite. It was the Samaritan. The Samaritan who at that time, Samaritans were kind of looked down upon, right? They were the, the half-breed. They were the ones who, who, uh, who they intermarried and, and became kind of non 
pure Jewish people, right? And so they were kind of looked down on, like, you know, whoever it is that you would look down on if you would look down on anyone. And they're the ones in this parable who was a neighbor to the man who was robbed. So who did Mr. Rogers see as his neighbor? Who did Mr. Rogers see as his neighbor? Uh, So we'll just, I mean, one of the most famous clips of Mr. Rogers was when Mr. Rogers uh, went into a pool with Officer Clemens. I don't know if you remember this. They shared a pool with their feet. Uh, So Mr. Rogers saw that, uh, he saw clips of African-Americans being driven from public pools uh, by white men pouring chemicals into the pool. And Mr. Rogers was, uh, he was shocked by that. And so he did a scene of him and Officer Clemens washing their feet in a kiddie pool. And so it was a hot day and Mr. Rogers was washing his feet and Officer Clemens came by and he invited him in into his pool. And so uh, Mr. Clemens took off his socks and his shoes and he got into the pool with Mr. Rogers and they both sat there and enjoyed uh, the nice coolness of the water on their feet. And Mr. Rogers basically stood up to the bigotry and racism in America and said, this, this isn't right. This isn't right. He stood up for those who, um, you know, didn't have the kind of platform that he had to say, this isn't right. Not only that though, uh, Mr. Rogers was, he, he, as I said, was a Presbyterian minister with a, he had a one of a kind call, right. To minister to children and families. And he took seriously the scripture mandate to be a neighbor to the most vulnerable, to be a neighbor. If we look at this this uh, parable that Jesus tells, the parable of the Good Samaritan, we find somebody who's very vulnerable, somebody who has been beaten and robbed, and and someone everyone just kind of wants to walk by, right? Kind of the way we do with homeless people or people who are in need. We prefer to take a wide uh, a wide route around them so we just don't have to see them, right? Because the closer we are, the more we have to recognize that they are there. And so Mr. Rogers never did that. Mr. Rogers worked with prisons to create child-friendly spaces for family family visitations. Mr. Rogers sat on hospital boards to minimize trauma in children's health care. He, he visited people who were sick. He visited people who were dying. He visited people who had all kinds of afflictions uh, and disabilities. Uh, and, and he wrote countless letters to, to people who were lonely, uh, to all kinds of people. Mr. Rogers took seriously this call to be a neighbor to people, to be a neighbor, and to recognize that there is no barrier that says the people on the other side are not your neighbor, right? The people of a different race are not your neighbor. The people of a different socioeconomic class are not your neighbor. The people of a different political party are not your neighbor. Mr. Rogers saw everybody as his neighbor because that's what the Bible says. Because that's what the Bible says. So he understood everybody to be his neighbor. And he went out of his way as much as possible for as many people as he could to let them know that they were his neighbor so that he could do his best to love his neighbor. So... Who is your neighbor? Is it just your friends? Is it the people who live near you? And when I say near you, I mean like within a hundred foot radius, right? It's so often that that we know are the neighbors who live next door, but the people who live on the other side of them, you know, two houses down, do we know them? Is it the people who, who go to your church, the people who you work with? Who I mean, is it is there anybody outside outside of this nucleus that we have of people who we just run into in daily life? I mean, do we see anybody outside of that? 
as our neighbor? Who would we have a difficult time identifying as our neighbor? Who would we struggle to say, man, that person is my neighbor? You know, uh, we have, uh, there are several people in our area who are now, who have been arrested for the capital, uh, for, for the insurgency at the Capitol, right? Whatever we want to call that. Um, and, and we found that they, they, some of them live within just a few miles of me, right? And all of a sudden you're like, oh man, well just, you know, they're not my neighbor, even, you know, they might live in my neighborhood, but oh, they're not my neighbor. But it's like, who's reaching out to them? You know, who, who's, who's providing grace for them? And maybe it's not a time for grace, we might think. It's, maybe it's not a time for, uh, Forgiveness, maybe you know it's we're not there yet, right? You know, and, and but but who who's the voice of comfort? Who's the voice of neighbor for them? Um, I, I think it's an important question to ask. It's who is that person that we have a difficult time identifying as our neighbor? Who who are we struggling to identify as our neighbor? You know, I think it's easy to say right now the people who disagree with us politically, and it's not just the people who who, who you know the on the the fringes, right? The people who are the loudest, but it's it's the the people who are our friends who we see on Facebook that they post something that we just go, oh, I didn't know you think that. That's not what I think. That's a surprise, right? Or people of other faiths, people of other faiths, people who we think, oh, well. Well, maybe you're not going to heaven, right? And so people from other countries, people who might not be here legally, right? Uh, all, all these people, I think, are people who we struggle to see as our neighbors because that's the world we live in today. Yet if we read scripture, scripture tells us loud and clear that it does. there are no boundaries, there are no borders, there are no walls that divide us from others when it comes to who is our neighbor. Everyone is our neighbor. Everyone that we meet is our neighbor. And so what does it mean to be a good neighbor? Well, let's just take a look at Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers modeled what it means to be a good neighbor in several ways. Just He took a stand against racial inequality. That, that was the whole pool thing, right? He stood, uh, he stood against racial inequality. He was a calming presence in our country in times of sadness. And he helped his viewers understand understand tragedy. He talked about assassinations. He talked about the Challenger exploding. He talked about tragedies. He talked about September 11th. He talked about it so that children could make sense of it. He told his viewers to look for the helpers so that they could see good in places of devastation, so that they could see hope in difficult times, right? And, and so he, he talked about things. He was a calming presence. He talked about feelings, he encouraged his neighbors to be honest about their feelings, to be honest about their grief, to be honest about the things that make them angry, to say those things, to have somebody to talk to. He made a point to say that our feelings are not an excuse for bad behavior, but he also said our feelings are what make us human. Our feelings make us who we are. We shouldn't ignore our feelings. We shouldn't, we shouldn't ignore them. And sweep them under the rug so that we uh, they just build up, right? Because that's not healthy. And that, but we should talk about them. We should talk about, we should not let them, you know, as I said, drive us to do bad things. Uh, but we should talk about them with people. We should have people in our life who we can talk about our feelings with. Are you feeling sad? Are you feeling angry? Uh, you know, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. I think this is really important. He was excited. He was excited when his neighbors had good news. 
when some when something good happened to somebody else, the, Mr. Rogers was excited for them. Yeah, Mr. Rogers never thought, oh, if something good is happening for them, that means it's not happening for me, right? You know, if if you're being blessed right now, that means you're taking something that I wanted. No, I mean that it's so easy to think that, but Mr. Rogers never thought that. And 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 on the flip side of that, he was empathetic when when they had bad news. You know, he was so he was he he had empathy for people. He understood and he had the ability to go from a conversation with someone who just had the best news to go and have a conversation with someone who just had the worst news. Uh, and, and I think that's an important part of, uh, of what it means to be human is to be able to, uh, to be able to share in the goodness of someone else uh, and see that as goodness for us. And also to em- enter into, in an empathetic way, people who are going through difficult times, to, to journey with people through difficult times. You know, that, that is part of our call as humanity to be good neighbors is to, to make sure that nobody goes through life alone, to make sure that nobody goes through difficult times alone. Uh, in his opening song, Mr. Rogers invited everyone to be his neighbor. He told his viewers it was okay to be themselves. Uh, he told them that they are loved just the way they are, even if they're different, even if they're different. And he was a model. He modeled kindness for a generation of children. He modeled what it means to be kind. He modeled what it means to be a good neighbor. He modeled what it means to be empathetic. Uh, he modeled what it means to be a source of calmness, uh, to talk about feelings. He, he did all of this for a whole generation of children, for probably two generations of children. Uh, and so, so as we look at what it means to be a good neighbor for others, we can look at Mr. Rogers and say, wow, he did, he did uh, an incredible job and an, lived an incredible life. And how can we be more like him? Now, now I say this to say, in what ways was Mr. Rogers like Jesus? Now, I asked that question and, and that he would probably be like, oh, don't say that. Don't say that, right? I don't want to be compared to Jesus. Uh, but in what ways did Jesus model being a good neighbor? In what ways did Jesus model being a good neighbor? Well, uh, he modeled it by by healing those who were sick. He by being empathetic for, you know, it seems like everyone who came to Jesus who was downtrodden, who was struggling with life, Jesus was an empathetic, comforting sort. I mean, he, he would help them through miracles, but he would, he would also say, you know, when, when a woman was caught in adultery and they were going to stone her, he said, you know, I don't condemn you, right? Go and sin no more. Uh, he was there for people who needed to hear comforting words. It's really the only times that Jesus was really uh, bothered by people was when they thought they were better than others, when they took advantage of others. Uh, and so the, Jesus was a very good source of calming the storm uh, and, and certainly did not put up for inequality. Um, and, and I think Jesus celebrated, uh, celebrated good news of others and was empathetic for bad news. And uh, we know that uh, when Jesus comes to, when Jesus comes to see Mary and Martha after Lazarus dies, he said he wept, right? He wept, he, he wept with them. And, uh, and even though he knew that he was going to bring Lazarus back from the dead. So, uh, be a good neighbor, be a good neighbor. I think that's the one thing that our country needs now more than ever and more than anything else is to be a good neighbor. Uh, be a good neighbor for those who you encounter in life. Uh, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Look out for those around you. Uh, I think it's an important part of being in community. It's an important part of, of living in the kingdom of God, but also just living in a community that we all want to live in, that we all want to live in. So, okay. We will end there and close with prayer. Uh, good and gracious God, we thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you for sending uh, saints among us to show us the way, for 
for those who have taught us how to be good neighbors and for those who have been good neighbors for us. Help us to be good neighbors for others so that we can shine your light in the darkness. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everybody, have a great day. Talk to you soon. Take care.